You're listening to the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, the place I go to get my fantasy fulfilled. The best analysis, advice, and opinions on fantasy football that you can't find anywhere else. Let the fantasy begin. Hi, you're listening to Ms. Montalban. I'm here today to bring you the latest signings, injuries, and breaking news. Thank you for joining me. Let's get started. Man, let's jump right into the breaking news because there's a lot of breaking news. It's really been hard to keep up, and most of it's been COVID-related, which has been kind of a bummer. You know, this, there's a lot of question marks in regards to games that will be going on and uh, just, you know, who's going to be available to, to play in these games. But uh, the... COVID's at an all-time peak right now, and it's uh, it's definitely affecting the league. DeForest Buckner tests positive, the defensive lineman for the Colts, so he'll be out. This will make three defensive players for the Colts out against the Titans. you, you got to like Derrick Henry a little bit more with this news. Uh, Derrick Henry can, you know, he's matchup-proof anyways, but when you have the number one defense and you're losing that many pieces, it's intriguing for that offense that's playing them. Lamar Jackson, that's the big news. Lamar Jackson tested positive, so he's not going to be available. That's really sad news. That means Robert Griffin will play, and that's uh, that's going to be on Tuesday. That game was pushed all the way back to Tuesday. So uh, obviously Lamar Jackson doesn't, regardless, isn't going to be available. J.K. Dobbins isn't going to be available. Mark Ingram's not going to be available. So if you don't really have any other options and you really want to play Robert Griffin against the Steelers defense, then uh, be my guest, but I wouldn't do that. Um, This Ravens fiasco, you know, came down to that strength and conditioning coach. So it just really uh, put the whole league in turmoil. We were supposed to be enjoying the game yesterday during Thanksgiving, and it just didn't happen, unfortunately. Um... So, yeah, that Raven-Steeler game is going to be Tuesday, and the only ones that are going to be excited about it is people on Tuesday that want to watch more football. Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater, the Carolina quarterback, is going to be playing against the Minnesota Vikings. That's great news because this is a prime matchup, and I think Teddy Bridgewater's going to have a good game. And uh, a lot of people might not have him in your lineup, but... Uh, just because of this injury and the, you know, how questionable it was for him to return, put him in there. He's going to have a good week. Uh, but Tua Tagovailoa is questionable to play against the Jets with a thumb injury. That's significant because I'll be honest. I think the Jets were going to give them a game. Now that uh, it's going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick, I don't. I actually think Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to do better than Tua in this matchup, and. It's uh, you got to like all the weapons that are available to Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, Devontae Parker, Mike Kosicki, they all could have really big games. I just like Fitzpatrick as a passer better than Tua right now. So take it for what it's worth. Uh, Lane Johnson, his ankle collapsed, and he's out for the year. The Eagles offensive tackle, that's unfortunate. He's one of the best tackles in the game, and... The bad luck for the Eagles just keeps getting worse. And, uh, yeah, they're already having trouble protecting Carson Wentz as it it is, and they're 
gonna con that's going to continue. So just make note of that when uh, teams are playing the Eagles, they have the potential to get a lot of sacks at the expense of Carson Wentz. AQ Shipley, his career is over. He suffered a neck injury on Monday night. He was informed that he shouldn't be playing football anymore due to the injury. That's always a tough break to have. You know, he was the center for the Buccaneers uh, due to injury, and he's been kind of Bruce Arians' right-hand man, seems to follow uh, Bruce Arians wherever Arians goes. And uh, that will come to an end because now his career is done, and he's always been a pretty reliable center and always a good pickup in a pinch when the offensive lines were decimated by injury. The Texans, these, this is pretty big news, the Texans are releasing wide receiver Kenny Stills. And I'll be honest, like Kiki Koti was one of the top pickups at receiver, and I made that assumption based off the fact that Kenny Stills has just been irrelevant in this offense. He's had some opportunities and hasn't uh, excelled, but I think it really makes that uh, Laramie Tunsil Kenny Stills trade from the Dolphins even worse. Uh, I, I know the major piece of the trade was Tunsil, but giving up two first-rounders and Kenny Stills was supposed to be at least a top-three receiver. He's basically regulated to the fifth receiver uh, before the Cobb's injury, and now with Randall Cobb hurt, he was still the fourth. Um, I don't know. It, it's a good move. He can go to somewhere else that can actually use him. I'm not sure who that is, but... Uh, it's definitely worth monitoring because if it's a team that uh, is depleted at receiver, he can still be productive. I, I just don't think he was as good of a receiver as what we all thought. Um, and I, I, I don't know. Even with good teams, I don't, I'm trying to think of a team that he can go to where he could be a top three receiver. I mean, maybe the Packers? Uh, I don't know. The, the Vikings, maybe? I don't know. Uh it's, it's just uh, Kenny Stills will definitely go somewhere, and it's unfortunately his time with the Texans is over. Mitchell Trubisky is starting against the Packers. That's not a surprise with Nick Foles being injured. I mean, it's, you know, kind of the elephant in the room was we assumed it was going to be Mitchell Trubisky playing quarterback. It's now confirmed he will be, and I don't like the Bears' chances of winning this game any better obviously, since I'm the anti-Mitchell Trubisky fan, or, yeah, I am the anti-Mitchell Trubisky fan. I just, I, I don't see him performing. He, uh, the way the offense is designed around him to take over games, he's not able to do. The Bears just need to run the ball more, and they're primed to do it in this matchup, so, you know, maybe go to David Montgomery, and uh, I'm hoping to see a lot of David Montgomery, but uh, we'll see. Um, th this this makes me kind of like Allen Robinson. I think this affects him. Jimmy Graham, it affects him. Darnell Mooney, I, I think it really affects most of the offense. And the only one that might be able to get an uptick from this uh, new breaking news is David Montgomery. So there you have it. That's the breaking news. A lot of stuff going on. I'm sure with uh, the COVID stuff, more news will happen after this is published. But we will find out. Let's go over the Thanksgiving game, since everyone's stuffed with turkey, probably eating leftovers today, and uh, was able to enjoy the two games that were played. My first thoughts on the Texans-Lions game was, 
the Texans defense played a lot better than I thought they were. You know, they got a lot of turnovers. Detroit just kept handing them the ball, and Deshaun Watson took full advantage of it. You knew he was going to have a big day against Detroit, but, I mean, 318 yards, four touchdowns, uh, just dominant. And obviously with a big performance like that, the, the person that benefited the most was Will Fuller. Six catches for 171 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, towards the end of the game, he got those two bombs. And uh, doesn't get any better than that. Will Fuller is a great wide receiver. And even Brandon Cooks, I mean, if he Brandon Cooks had a touchdown, we'd be talking about his day as well. I mean, he had five catches for 85 yards, had a, had a solid day. And uh, Duke Johnson really came alive. You know, I spent the previous podcast kind of ripping him, saying that uh, we keep building him up, that he's going to be a good running back and with good matchups, and he hasn't produced. Well, in this one, he got 37 yards rushing, but he did better receiving with the three catches for 43 yards and that 33-yard touchdown catch. So a good day for Duke Johnson. And, you know, Kiki Koti got into the act with that two-point conversion. Um, Just a, a lot to like, a lot to like for the Houston Texans. The Lions, on the other hand, you thought they might... Uh, try to get that shut out from the week before out of the, you know taste out of their mouth and they didn't Adrian Peterson had a great day he got the two rushing touchdowns uh, uh, Muhammad Sanu was relevant in this one he had four catches for 32 yards and a touchdown but that touchdown came too late the game was already out of hand um, as, as you know receiving Marvin Jones kind of disappointed he had six catches but only 48 yards that's not getting it done and then uh, T.J. Hawkinson had the 89 yards receiving. Really solid day, especially for that tight end position. And, and Matthew Stafford, you know, he had a good matchup. Should have produced a little bit better than he did. 295 yards, one touchdown. Got picked off once as well. Uh, comes down to Stafford producing when he's not expected to, and then when you, you expect a big game, uh, just not being able to, to deliver. So that's the way it goes sometimes. Um, and you know the Texans are playing a lot better especially Deshaun Watson and you're like what changed with Deshaun Watson that he's playing so well right now compared to before and the biggest differentiator that I can come up with is Bill O'Brien's not on the team anymore once he's got you know once he was fired Deshaun Watson has just been out like on another level he's actually almost taken over as the league's best quarterback the way he's been playing so I uh he's really fun to watch he does it all you know he he got some rushing yards on top of his passing yards with uh with 24 yards and he's just so dynamic and he's really killing it in these uh good matchups the Texans unfortunately are still going to be out of the playoffs as are the Lions I think that was kind of the nail in the coffin for the Lions but uh, at least, you know, it was an entertaining game for a while. And then it was just entertaining to watch the Texans continuously score over and over against this Lions defense. The Washington football team and the Cowboys, that was the second game. And I really thought the Cowboys were going to come and play. I, I like the Redskins defense uh, in this one. But being a division game, I thought it was going to be low scoring and the Cowboys were going to be able to to contain this Redskins offense a little bit better 
than they did. But obviously, it was a coming out party for Antonio Gibson. And I, I guess I shouldn't say a coming out party because Antonio Gibson has been scoring like, what, this is his fourth straight game he scored a touchdown in. But he scored three touchdowns in this game. And, you know, the two at the end of the game were pretty significant. I mean, he had a 23-yard run, a 37-yard run. The Cowboys just had no answers for him. And, you know, you see a performance like that from a rookie running back. There's a lot of good days ahead for Antonio Gibson. And Washington football team fans have to be pretty stoked about the prospects of Gibson being the running back next year and what this team can do. Because the thing I take away from the Washington football team is this defense is really good. It's really underrated. People don't talk about it enough. They, They have a really good defense. And if they can just solidify their offense a little bit and get a couple more playmakers and, um, you know, Alex Smith is having better quarterback play, um, I I think the Washington football team can be a dangerous team next year. Um, That's not to say they can't make the playoffs this year because it's the NFC East and nothing says NFC East like the division leader being four and seven. But it's going to be somebody – I actually have my money on on the Washington football team just because of that defense. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, such a disappointment. He really needs to pick it up. He had um, he wasn't really doing much. He had like what three yards a carry, ten carries for thirty two yards, and uh, I he was primed to have a bigger game volume wise and just wasn't able to produce. Um, Andy Dalton. Ho-hum, 215 yards with one touchdown, one interception. But Amari Cooper, he actually surprised me. He had six catches for 112 yards and a touchdown, and I wasn't expecting a big game from him. This is one of the games where it kind of disappears, but give him full credit. He didn't disappear. He played well and uh, was one of the lone bright spots for this Cowboys offense. Uh, the Zach Martin got hurt, so the Cowboys offensive line is going through some injuries right now. This is going to be a tough stretch for the Cowboys. I don't think they're going to be able to recover. And it's, uh, you know, this, that's life in the National Football League without your star quarterback. And the, the Cowboys are living it right now. The Baltimore Ravens Steeler game obviously didn't happen, it was moved to Tuesday. But the only thing I'm going to say about this is the NFL's continuous coddling of the team that. Uh, causes outbreaks they did it with the titans now they're doing it with the ravens it's like oh you have a short week you guys aren't prepared all right well we need to test longer let's do it for sunday oh you're not ready for sunday well let's just do it tuesday so you have plenty of time to prepare and then we'll push the game back that you had on thursday to monday so now you have all the time in the world to prepare for these games and uh there's absolutely no punishment whatsoever for the Ravens in uh, causing this outbreak. And I would be a little more sympathetic if it was just, you know, contact from the outside world that kind of creeped into their uh, facility. But this was a strength and conditioning coach who didn't wear a mask after having symptoms. At that point, that's just negligence. And to, you know, it doesn't surprise me if the NFL sent the Ravens flowers and a card and a get well soon message um, at, you know, delivered to their door, you know, apologizing for inconvenient, uh, inconveniencing the, the, the organization, because that's what it's like. It's like, oh, you, 
you uh, allowed an outbreak to happen. Okay, well, let's make sure that you're able to play in these games, and let's do all we can to make sure you're ready and prepared, and we're sorry this happened to you, Baltimore Ravens. Well, I'm not having any of it, and it sounds uh, unsympathetic to the COVID virus, um, but this has nothing to do with the virus. Um, it's one thing, you know, managing people that get the virus, but to allow a full outbreak and be negligent, that's where I have the problem. Like, there shouldn't be any concessions that the Ravens get for letting this happen. Um, I don't know what the answer is to that, but it doesn't matter what I think. It's, you know, the NFL is going to push the game to Tuesday, and that's the way it goes. So, gobble, gobble, happy Thanksgiving, and uh, I hope everyone's uh, recovering from their turkey comas that they uh, experienced the other day. Who do I start this week? What's the point spread? What are the injuries? Should I bench this guy? I don't know what to do. Man. I just hope I win. The Burke and Ms. the Wiz Montalban Weekly Preview. Starting now. Alright, this first game on the Sunday afternoon slate is going to be the New Orleans Saints at the Denver Broncos. Saints are favored by five and a half points. And normally I'd say, yeah, take the Saints. This is going to be a blowout. But hold up, hold up. This game is at Denver, Mile High City, with the altitude. And I don't think Denver is a tough place to play necessarily just because of the altitude. It just is a tough place to play for a lot of teams. And if Drew Brees was playing quarterback, I would probably take the Saints with the five and a half points. But considering it's Taysom Hill, I think it's going to be more of a run-oriented attack. And I'm taking Denver. Get me the five and a half points. I think the Saints win this game, but I definitely don't think it's going to be by more than you know three or four points. Uh, having said that, the over/under is 44. That's only 22 team or 22 points per side. And I just don't see it. I'm taking the over on this. I, I think Denver scores more than what we think. And it's going to make this game kind of close. So give me the over on that. Starting-wise, you're starting Alvin Kamara. Always starting Alvin Kamara. It's not a good matchup for him, but you're not putting him on your bench. Latavius Murray, I think this is a game that he's really going to excel. He's getting a lot more carries now that Taysom Hill is playing quarterback. So I, I think you can start Latavius Murray with confidence in this one to be a productive option in their attack. Uh, Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, they don't have very good matchups in this one, but I do like the way Taysom Hill used both of them in the game last week, and this is kind of a revenge game for Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders played for the Broncos just, uh, you know, not too long ago. Won a Super Bowl with them. I'm thinking that he's going to want to show up for this game. Uh, I'm, I'm benching Taysom Hill, though. I don't think it's going to be a big day passing. And he's, you know, rushing-wise, I think Denver will do a pretty good job, although they have been pretty porous the last couple weeks. Um, but uh, I, I don't like Taysom in this one. Traquan Smith, Jared Cook, don't like them either. 
I think they could be on the bench. For the Broncos, I'm starting all the receiving options. Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, Noah Fant. You know, if Fant and Judy aren't banged up, they can have really big games. And then Tim Patrick's probably their most reliable and consistent option in the offense this year. He just is. And you don't hear a lot about him. Nobody gets excited about him. But uh, this is a good matchup for him, and I think he will excel. So start all three of those guys with confidence. And you, you think you would start Drew Locke based off of that? But no, I have Drew Locke on the bench. I don't think he's going to get a ton of passing yards. I just think he'll be efficient with the uh, weapons he does have in this one. And then Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. The, the Saints are the number one team against the rush. Gordon and Lindsay are definitely matchup dependent. And uh, I think they can get bottled up pretty easily. I don't like Denver's offensive line. So I'm putting them both on my bench in this one. This is an NFC West matchup, this next game, and I think all NFC matchups are intriguing. This is probably the best division in football right now. It's the San Francisco 49ers at the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are favored by 6.5 points, and usually I wouldn't like that in any NFC West matchup, but, I mean, the 49ers are just so depleted right now. I, I don't like them right now as an offense to hold up against this Rams defense. So I think it's going to be tough sledding. So I'm taking the Rams and giving up the six and a half points. I, I think they cover that. The over-under is 46.5, and I'm taking the under. Like I said, I think this is going to be a defensive matchup that uh, both teams are going to struggle offensively. So there's not a whole lot of starts in this one. So having said that, that's why I think the uh, Rams cover and the over-under is going to be the under at the 46.5. Starting-wise, I'm starting Jared Goff for the Rams. I just am. The 49ers secondary is depleted a little bit. And, you know, Kwan Williams just got uh, suspended for a couple weeks. And, you know, with the injuries they've had in the secondary, I just uh, think Jared Goff's going to have a pretty good day. You know, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, I'm starting them. Niners have done good against the receiver position, but like I said, they've been you know they're they've been banged up a little bit. There's a lot of injuries, so I think this can really open it up for Cup and Woods to have really good weeks. And then at tight end, you know, if Jordan Reed plays, he's questionable right now. I really like this play a lot, but uh, that's depending on if he plays. Uh, that's the thing with Jordan Reed is he always seems to uh, be questionable. He's questionable in, in life, I guess, because uh, no matter what matchup he has or what week it is, he's fighting off some type of injury. So if that's, you know, if Ross Dwelly does play, I still like that matchup as well. I think you can play Ross Dwelly, and it's just as an effective matchup. I like Jordan Reed's athleticism a little bit more, but you can still start Jordan Reed. Uh, in regards to the sits, everyone else is a sit. You know, you're like, you're sitting Nick Mullins and Raheem Mostert. You're sitting Jarek McKinnon. You're sitting uh, Debo Samuel, which Debo Samuel's probably not going to play. It's looking more and more like it's going to be Richie James, which maybe can be effective. Richie James might be the best option, especially with Brandon Ayuk on the COVID list. So we'll, we'll see how that all cha uh, shapes out, but I don't like any of them because I'm not sure who's going to be playing. And Richie James had that amazing week a couple weeks ago and then kind of had a dud. 
So I, I'm not sure that he can repeat that performance against this Rams defense. Um, and, and then the Rams running backs, you figure that'd be their bread and butter, but Henderson, Brown, Akers, I'm putting them all on my bench. Everett, Higby, at tight end, I, I don't like those matchups either. So really, I just have a lot of sits. So if you're watching this game, I mean, it's going to be an enjoyable game, but I just don't see it having a lot of fantasy football relevance. And I'd kind of ignore this game if you're doing like a FanDuel DraftKings lineup. But uh, if you're forced to play, guys, obviously Cup and Woods, and I wouldn't really like a whole other, you know, all the other options I'd kind of stay away from. All right, this last matchup on the Sunday afternoon slate is probably the most intriguing. This is the one that everybody's going to have their eyes on. It is the Kansas City Chiefs at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Chiefs are favored by three and a half points, and I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. It's going to be a tough game, and, and that's the thing. It could go either way. The, the offenses could be uh, unstoppable. The defenses could really prevail. It could be low-scoring. It, it could go a lot of different ways, and this is kind of the wild card of the week of what's going to happen. And fantasy football-wise, there's a lot of great plays on, you know, but there's also, again, it can go either way where, you know, a potential great start could be a bad start and vice versa. It, uh, you know, you can see Tom Brady playing like Derek Carr did last week, but again, Kansas City's pretty good at defending quarterbacks and the receiver, so is it going to fold, uh, unfold the way that uh, it did last week against an unfamiliar opponent? I don't know. Uh, and same with you know the Chiefs. I think what it really comes down to is the fact that I like Kansas City's passing game, and the Buccaneers are going to stop the run. You know, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Le'Veon Bell. I don't expect big games from them at all. I think they're going to be bottled up, but the. X factor for me in this game is the fact that the Chiefs can pass at will. The Buccaneers give up a lot of yards through the air. That's kind of their weak spot, and that's where the Chiefs are going to excel. It's kind of like the Buccaneers' weakness is the Chiefs' strength, and uh, that's why I'm going with the Chiefs in this one. The over-under is 53 points. Again, it could be a low-scoring game because the defenses are a lot better than what they showed out the last uh, the last week. But uh, I'm going with the over. I definitely think it's going to be a higher-scoring game. And the, uh, the, the the Chiefs are going to be scoring a lot more points than we think. But then the Buccaneers are going to be scoring more points than what we think as well. So starting-wise, I'm starting Patrick Mahomes for the Chiefs. I'm starting Tyreek Hill. And I'm starting Travis Kelsey. That's it. I'm not starting anyone else. Uh, I don't feel confident starting anyone else in this matchup. But those are the stars. And uh, it's easy because Kelsey's the number one tight end. Tyreek Hill's the number one receiver. Mahomes is the number three quarterback. Of course you're starting those guys. Uh, but I don't like any of the ancillary pieces like McCole Hardman or Demarcus Roberts, uh, Robinson, uh, Sammy Watkins if he plays. I just I don't. And that's not to say that they can't get a big play. You know, Hardman's always can bust out a 40 to 50 yard touchdown catch but uh i want the consistency in this game and those three are the only ones that give it to me for the buccaneers tom brady i'm starting him it's not a great matchup though i mean Derek carr played great against the chiefs it's a division opponent but a lot of teams don't do that especially quarterbacks don't do that against the chiefs they do pretty well against the wide receivers and the quarterbacks 
So, but I'm starting Tom Brady nonetheless, just because it's a home game, and Tom Brady just has so many weapons. You know, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown. I I like Godwin and Evans. I'm not big on Antonio Brown this week. I think Antonio Brown could actually be a sit. Uh, he definitely needs to get uh, a, a little. Uh, he needs more reps, basically. I think he needs to get integrated a little bit more he's actually splitting that number one receiver role with godwin so really mike evans has been the same and really been productive and antonio brown's been chipping into chris godwin's production a little bit but in this one i i I think chris godwin's just going to have a good week and uh, it's going to come at the expense of antonio brown cameron brait you can be on your bench. There's not enough balls to go around in this matchup. And Rob Gronkowski can be a start. I think Rob Gronkowski is going to have a pretty good game. And uh, you should throw them out, th- out there with confidence. And, yeah, again, this is the game that uh, I think everyone's really excited to watch. And this is the one that, uh, you know, the TV is going to be turned to when it's all said and done. This Sunday Night Tilt is going to feature the oldest rivalry in the National Football League. The Chicago Bears are visiting the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field, the Green Bay Packers. And this is going to be a black mark for the rivalry and might just end the rivalry for all time. It is with Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback, and the Packers are favored by 8.5 points. And normally I would say that's ludicrous with this Chicago Bears defense. But with the Chicago Bears offense, I highly think it's plausible that this could happen. I'm taking the Packers to win by 8.5 points. And what makes it worse is this is a 45.5 point over under. So if you think the Packers are going to win by that much, you'd probably take the over. I'm taking the under. I just don't think the Bears are going to score very much. I think the Packers are going to win big. They're not going to get to 46 point threshold in this game. And uh, starting sitting, there's there's actually there's some good people to sit for sure. Uh, I'm starting Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't have a good matchup in this one, but you know he's at home and it's prime time game. You're you're starting Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, of course, bad matchup, but you need to start him. And then Devonte Adams again, bad matchup, but Marquez Valdez Scantling is looking like he's not going to play in this game. And so I think those targets go to Devonte Adams, and I like him even more. Robert Tanyan, he has a great matchup. You need to start him in all formats. I think he can have a huge game. And then Alan Lazard, you're definitely sitting him. That's just the way it goes. He's uh, I, he's the other receiver. I think with Valdez Scantling being uh, injured, he might get more targets and be a little relevant, but not enough to start him this week against his great defense. And then for the Chicago Bears, you know, Mitchell Trubisky, we're sitting him. We've already talked about it. You know from how highly I think of him. Uh, and this isn't necessarily – well, it's a bad matchup for sure. The Packers do well against quarterbacks. And I think this is a situation where uh, Trubisky isn't set up to be successful. I mean, he's forced to go in there, and it's going to be a bad matchup for him. Anthony Miller, Darnell Mooney, Jimmy Graham – I don't think they can get the passing game going. I don't think Trubisky is accurate enough to get them the ball enough. Um, I'm, I'm starting David Montgomery because this is an amazing matchup for him. I, I think the only question is, is the Chicago Bears going to be able to focus on the offense 
uh, game plan of not trying to have Trubisky pass the ball so much. Uh, we'll see if they're able to rush with David Montgomery uh, and control the clock a little bit. I, I think they, uh, and actually that will be the only chance they have in this game. But, but obviously the Chicago Bears coaches are pretty stubborn of trying to implement their offense with pieces that they don't necessarily have. So I don't see that happening. And then Allen Robinson's, you know, this is a bad matchup for him, but you're starting him just because he's going to be a target hog and he's so talented that you don't want to take away uh, or have him on the bench when he's able to make the the plays that he's able to make, regardless of who his quarterback is. So um, I wish I was a little more excited about the Sunday night game, but I'm not. And I, I think... The, it's going to be the Green Bay Packers just uh, dominating the Chicago Bears team, which is, un- <coughs> excuse me, it, it's pretty unfortunate with this Bears defense of how well, it'll, how good they are, that uh, they have an offense that's the complete opposite that's kind of holding them back at the moment. On to the Monday night game. And this is the Seattle Seahawks at the Philadelphia Eagles. I might have been excited about this before the season started, but as it stands, I'm not really excited about this. The Seahawks are favored by five points, and I'm taking the Seahawks. I think they more I think they win by more than five points. The over under is fifty one points. I'm taking the over. I think it's gonna be a higher scoring game, mostly by the Seahawks. Um, not to say the Eagles' defense is bad, because it's it's a pretty decent defense, but I just can't see them matching up well against the Seattle Seahawks' offense. And I, I just think that the Eagles will score more points than usual with how bad the Seahawks' defense is, but it's, it's not going to be enough. In regards to who you're starting and sitting, Russell Wilson, not a great matchup for him, but you're starting him regardless because he's matchup-proof. He, there's a reason why he was... You know, there was talk about him being the MVP of the season. It doesn't matter who he plays. And having said that, uh, DK Metcalf, not a good matchup. You're playing him as well. I think this is uh, he's the guy that's going to step forward and really be the, uh, the main target for Russell Wilson in this game. So you need to play him regardless on if it's a bad matchup or not. Jacob Hollister, Will Disley, I like them both. I think you can play both of them. The Eagles are horrible against the tight end position, and both tight ends, I think, have a lot of talent and can be involved in the the, the offense in this game. Um, you're sitting pretty much everyone else. You know, Chris Carson's not going to be there. Uh, if he is, I still don't like him. Uh, Carlos Hyde is not a good matchup. Um, you know, you're not going to be playing DJ Dallas or I'm trying to think of everybody on the Seahawks that <laughs> runs the ball. <laughs> DJ Dallas, what? Uh, Travis Homer, uh, no. Out on all those guys. Um, it's not a good matchup. The Eagles do well at defending the rush. So uh, I wouldn't count on any of those people. Tyler Lockett, I don't like in this one, and I hate to say it because he's probably the one that's going to blow up, and DJ, uh, DK Metcalf is the one that won't. That's just how it works. You hype one guy, it's the other guy that actually does something. But I don't think there's room for both of them. And I like DK Metcalf a lot more than Lockett in this game. For the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, I mean, I'm benching Alshon Jeffrey. Tight ends, Dallas Goddard, Richard Rodgers. I don't like either of them. Seahawks have come a long way since last year. 
and last year they weren't able to defend the tight ends. This year they do a really good job. Uh, I'm starting Carson Wentz. He has a supreme matchup here, one of the best matchups. Can he take advantage of it? I don't know because he doesn't always take advantage of these matchups. The offensive line is just horrible, so I think that's going to be an issue. Seahawks, you know, their defense is playing better, and they've played better these last couple weeks. So it, it's not – I don't think it's the cakewalk that it was previously. Um, but regardless, you're still starting him. Um, Travis Fulgham, Jalen Rager, I like both of them. I think you can start both of them with confidence. There's going to be a lot of passing just because I think the Eagles will be playing from behind. And uh, if Carson Wentz is, is able to connect with them, you know, we, we've seen it before, Fulgham, Rager, they, they can get targets, but maybe not a lot of catches. Um, but I'm going off the targets. And if you get that many targets, I don't see back-to-back weeks where they get a lot of targets but not a lot of receptions. And then Miles Sanders, not a good matchup, but he's versatile. I like his ability to receive the ball out of the backfield and against Seattle. If you're playing him against the Steelers and the you know the Ravens and, and the likes, you're definitely playing him against the Seattle Seahawks defense. And uh, he definitely can surprise in this one. So having said that, this game for Monday night is kind of melodramatic. It's it's something where it looked good on paper at the beginning of the, of the season, and now it's something that you're going to watch because it's football. But uh, it's not going to be that you know it's not going to be very interesting unless you're an Eagles or a Seattle Seahawks fan. Here's the part of the show. It's everyone's favorite part of the show because this is where we give away free money. And how do we do that? You say. This is where we give out our FanDuel DraftKings lineups for you to just plug them in and win the cash. We're on a pretty good streak, and I don't want anyone to miss out on this. So here we go. The quarterback position is we're saving a little bit of money. We can go big with Mahomes or Josh Allen, Tom Brady. We're not. We're going with Teddy Bridgewater. $7,000. He's against that porous Minnesota Viking secondary. And... Uh, He's kind of under the radar because everyone's going for, like, you know, the Derek Carrs and everyone who has great matchups. But Teddy Bridgewater wasn't even supposed to be playing this week. He was questionable. He's definitely going to be playing. So I'm going to plug him in there. And because the name of the game to win money is to play guys other people aren't playing. So you want to get the guys that are lower play percentages that outperform. And that's what I think Teddy Bridgewater will do. I like his weapons in this one. I'm, I'm going with it. Running back, I'm doing the opposite. I am playing the guy I play every week. He's getting more and more expensive, but he's worth it. It's Dalvin Cook at $11,000. He's going against the Carolina Panthers on the other side of the Teddy Bridgewater matchup. And this matchup's just too good to be true. With his receiving ability and his rushing, he's going to dominate. And he's definitely going to be worth that $11,000. It's like if you don't have him on your roster and you miss out on those points, you're going to be kind of dead in the dirt. So you got to be, you got to play him, got to spend the money. So I'm looking at value other places, and I believe I did that with the other running back position. I have Austin Eckler. He's $6,500. He's on IR now, but there's a chance he's going to play this week. And if he plays this week, you need to get him in your lineup. It's against Buffalo Bills, who surprisingly are giving up quite a bit of points to the running back position. Eckler's going to be a one-man crew there. I expect the Chargers to be able to score a lot. I expect the Bills to be able to score a lot. Uh, it's really shaping up 
uh, for me to really like everything about this matchup. So give me Austin Eckler at $6,500. I think it's a, 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 it's a steal. More than a value, it's a steal. Curtis Samuel at the wide receiver position. I have him just because he's the cheapest. He's at $5,900. And I like DJ Moore in this matchup as well. But Curtis Samuel's really been uh, on a tear, and especially with McCaffrey being out. He's been u- utilized a lot more on the games that McCaffrey has missed. Uh, I like his ability you know, to rush the ball at least four times a game, catching the ball. He, he's you know, he's a recipient, uh, the recipient of all the trick plays. So give me Curtis Samuel. I think he has a big game in this one and uh, could be a really good performance. Plus, I like tying it up to my quarterback. I think he's my combo that I like to use. And again, obviously, DJ Moore is a good play here as well. But uh, give me the cheaper option with uh, some of these guys I'm playing. Darius Slayton is my second receiver at $5,900. He's going to be the Giants' main guy. I I know Shepard gets a lot of targets, but he's questionable. Give me the healthy guy against this really bad Cincinnati Bengals secondary. This could be another breakout game for Slayton. He's quiet against good matchups, but uh, or bad matchups. But this is a good matchup, and he should really dominate. Um, my next receiver, I just think, is a huge value. He's the number one receiver that you're getting at $5,700 against a really bad Titans secondary. It's Michael Pittman Jr. He's, uh, you know, what, two, three weeks now? He's been pretty solid. I think he has a huge game against the Tennessee Titans, and I'm playing him in all formats especially being at $5,700, I, I think he can be, you know, $1,000 more expensive, but he's not. So take that value, put him in your lineup. And, and then at tight end, I have Darren Waller against the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are the very worst team against the tight end position. Darren Waller's one of the top tight ends next to Kel, uh, Kelsey. And uh, $7,100 is pretty expensive, but I'm going to take that all day because I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Waller's going to get a lot of opportunity. And then in my flex, I went with Kareem Hunt. We kind of talked about it earlier. He's $6,600. He's playing against Jacksonville. He, you know, the Jaguars give up a lot receiving and rushing. So I think there's room for Chubb and Hunt. And with those receiving yards, that's the reason why I chose Hunt over Chubb. Also, money-wise, he's a lot cheaper than Chubb. So give me Kareem Hunt in this one. I, I like him as my flex guy. And then for the defense, any team playing a just signed to the team, Brandon Allen at quarterback, I am putting as my defense. Um, New York Giants are playing Cincinnati. It's at Cincinnati, but I can't imagine Brandon Allen doing a lot in this game with limited exposure to this uh, the playbook. So, I, you know, that's just an opportunity that I can't pass up, and I'm playing the New York Giants defense for $4,300. That gives me zero salary remaining. And, you know, I'm, I like the lineup. I like the matchups. I'm confident in this lineup to at least get in the money, and we'll see if it could maybe do better than that. But uh, in the meantime, your job is just to plug that one in, and hopefully you can win some money too. We'll see how I do next week, but it's a, uh, it's a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a lineup with a lot of potential and a, a lot of upside, and that's what you want in your lineups. You want that upside because, uh, yeah, it's great to get into the money, but if you can get even higher with uh, some of these lower 
value guys get, uh, scoring a lot of points, that's what brings you over the top. Now it's time for the Burke and Miz the Wiz Montalban Stars of the Week. Let's see who they are. The Stars of the Week. And this is going to be an exciting week for that. I think there's going to be a lot of top performances. Definitely better than the last couple weeks in regards to individual performances. But we will start first with the quarterback. Number three, I have Derek Carr at the Atlanta Falcons. You, you know, if you liked what Derek Carr did against the Kansas City Chiefs, which I did, he's going to Atlanta, which is ranked 32nd against the quarterback position. Derek Carr is primed to just annihilate this Atlanta secondary. I expect some big plays from Henry Ruggs. I expect Darren Waller to be all over, all over the place. Hunter Renfro, Nelson Aguilar. There's weapons there, and... I expect Derek Carr to exploit all of them, so uh, Derek Carr is the number three star of the week. I, I don't with this matchup. I don't see how someone could do better than Derek Carr this week. And if Derek Carr is not a top three performer, then that's just disappointing in all aspects. Number two is Patrick Mahomes at the Buccaneers. I'm going out on a limb here, but. Patrick Holmes is just so talented. He's actually one of the best quarterbacks. In, well, he is the best quarterback in the NFL right now. And like I said during the preview, the Buccaneers' weakness is defending the pass. That will open the floodgates, especially because the Chiefs won't be able to run. And uh, Patrick Mahomes will have a lot of passing yards, passing touchdowns, etc. So he's my number two. And then my number one is Josh Allen versus the Chargers. Chargers give up a lot of points, and the factor between him and Mahomes that I liked is that Allen also gets a lot of rushing yards. I think he'll be their most uh, efficient weapon on the ground as well as through the air. So you put the two together, and Josh Allen's going to have just an amazing day. And I also like the fact that he's at home. I think quarterbacks play better at home. And this is definitely the case for Josh Allen. So, I mean, it's a tough place to go to, especially for the Chargers going all the way from out west. And it's going to line up well for Josh Allen to have a great game. At running back, my number three running back is kind of a surprise, kind of out of the blue. But it's Wayne Gallman against the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals are just so putrid against the, the run. And running backs just feast against this defense. Wayne Gallman is that guy, and he's been the main guy in for the Giants you know Devonta Freeman was placed on IR uh, they've kind of went away from that three-headed attack and that's been good because Wayne Gallman to be honest has been the best running back on that team so he deserves it he finally got the uh, bulk of the carries last week and really really produced and uh, I, I see a matchup like this against the Bengals and I, I think he's going to have another big week so he needs to be on everyone's starting lineup this week Number two is Kareem Hunt at the Jaguars. And why did I choose Kareem Hunt over Nick Chubb? It's because the Jaguars give up a lot of receiving yards to the running back as well. And Kareem Hunt gets more receiving yards than Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb really doesn't get any receiving yards. So I liked the run and receiving options of Kareem Hunt better. I think that makes him a top running back this week and should be played in all formats. And you should be expecting big things especially with Mike Glennon playing quarterback for the Jaguars. Number one running back, 
he's been my number one running back for weeks now. It's because he has prime matchups every week. It's Dalvin Cook versus the Panthers. Doesn't get any better than this from Dalvin Cook. I expect him just to be the number one guy, dominate. It's like they know it's coming. They still can't stop it. That's the Dalvin Cook train. He's uh, cooking up uh, those touchdowns and rushing yards. And, uh, again, I I just think that uh, between his receiving ability and his rushing ability, Panthers can't defend either of those. It doesn't get better than this. At wide receiver, my number three wide receiver is Michael Pittman against the Titans. I just really like the way they're using him. They're using him as a number one receiver. The Titans give up a lot of passing yards. I think Phillip Rivers is going to be looking to him often. And, yeah, I'm taking in the hype of Michael Pittman, and I think he's going to be a top three wide receiver play. Uh, DJ Moore is my number two against the Vikings. Teddy Bridgewater has to throw it to somebody. There's a lot of options. You know, could it be Curtis Samuel? Could it be Robbie Anderson? But DJ Moore, I just, I like, I like this chemistry they have. He's been the better receiver over the second course of the season over Robbie Anderson. And I do like Curtis Samuel as well, but I just think that DJ Moore gets more targets, which I think he has a higher ceiling because of that. And then my number one, is going to be Calvin Ridley against the Las Vegas Raiders. Calvin Ridley is, you know, Julio Jones might not play. He's questionable. Well, and Calvin Ridley, to be honest, is questionable as well. But I, he played last week. I think he plays this week. The Raiders can't defend anybody. And Ridley is a great receiver, even with good matchups. I mean, he did pretty well against the Saints. He's targeted all the time. He's going to get just as many targets. I just think he's going to have an amazing game and should be started in all formats. At tight end, the number three tight end is Trey Burton versus the Titans. Trey Burton is, you know, gets rushing yards, receiving yards. Uh, he had a bad game against the Titans last time, but I think they use him a lot and he has a great game. And then Hunter Henry against the Bills. I like Hunter Henry. The Bills don't defend the tight end very well. And Hunter Henry really needs to get going. He's had good matchups. I think they finally he takes advantage of it. And then Darren Waller against the Falcons. You know, I think he does more than what he did against the Chiefs. He's just going to be dominant. We don't really need to talk about it. Falcons are the worst against the tight end. Darren Waller's one of the best tight ends. I mean, it's really, we don't even need to talk about it right now. You're, you're starting Darren Waller. He'll be the number one star. That's a wrap for week 12. All our analysis and predictions are done for the week. So hopefully you can take that and get the victory, especially as we creep closer to the fantasy football playoffs. I hope you enjoy watching the games. If there's going to be some games, yes, I'm looking at you, Baltimore and Pittsburgh. You're listening to the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Ms. The Wiz Montalban. Enjoy the games. Good luck. Cheers.